0: Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here the Eric Erickson show across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on this here program, glad to have you with me. I want to go to the phones to start this segment because Marvin has been waiting patiently and I don't want him to have to wait longer. So Marvin, I'm going to go to you next. Welcome to the program.
1: How you doing, Eric? Good. What's going on? Oh, just out of taking care of business, but I just want to speak to you about
2: the uh, Rivian project. Uh Uh-huh. A lot of people are not aware of it, but uh, I think you are. Uh, Governor Kemp and others have struck a deal with the California company uh, Rivian Electric Vehicles to produce what will amount to the largest automotive manufacturing facility in the United States by like 10 times, and it's going to be built in Morgan County, Georgia, for the most part. And we have a group uh, that opposes it, and we'd like to get our voice out there to be heard. Uh, What do you know about it? Do you have any questions?
0: Well, okay, so now I had originally been told that this was land that for a long time was, was planned to have something there, but a buddy of mine who lives in Morgan County told me that it was actually uh, farmland, and he had a bunch of people move out into the area, and they don't want an industrial park like that in their area.
2: That is absolutely correct. Uh, just across the interstate on the south side from where this is to be located, there was land— that was uh, owned and purchased by the joint developmental authorities of uh, Walton, Newton, Jasper, and Morgan counties. However, this land is on the north side of the interstate. It all came down at the last moment, and it's close to 2,000 acres, of which most of it is a groundwater recharge system. Uh, There is no municipal water facilities for all of us. and Those of us that are left to be around it, we're on wells. We have to deal with that. Not to mention that uh, we don't know all the details because we can't get answers, but we believe lithium-ion batteries will be produced on this site. We know they will be used as part of as the assembly, but there's going to be hazardous waste, and it's going to run off down the Little River, and it's going to get into Lake Sinclair, Lake Coconi. Uh, I don't think the Reynolds Plantation people will be too happy with that. How about you?
0: yeah no um you know I so I generally support the development, but I don't support the way that this thing has happened and i I don't know that they can move back to where they had planned to put it. um the problem here one is I get the desire for economic development and it would create something like seventy five hundred jobs, but also, I mean, Morgan County is a beautiful rural county that has a lot of people moving in, building nice homes out there, and uh, th- there was nothing in the map for them to say, hey, we're building a big plant out here. Uh, I would like to be able to find a way to salvage the deal. Now, for those of you calling it listening nationwide, uh, th- this seems very Georgia-specific, except it's not. Uh, it's, it's actually – a it has national import. Uh, Rivian is a big company that had a public offering. Its shares soared, but after three months on the stock market, investors are rather worried that Rivian has uh, trouble increasing production of its pickup trucks and sport utility vehicles and delivery vans. Unlike Tesla that makes those those sporty-looking cars, Rivian makes pickup trucks. It's worth about $55 billion but the stock is down two-thirds from where it was. It is building a giant plant in Georgia. It would employ about 7,500 people. Now, this is the problem, and this is the way it works around the country so much, that uh, there was land, as uh, the caller pointed out. There was a lot of land. It was a development authority. Counties went in, bought the land, said we're going to build big development on this land. And everybody knew there was going to be big development on the land. And I thought that's where this was being built Till a buddy of mine reached out to me the other day and said, no, that's the problem. That's why people are upset. It's not being built on the land everyone knew it was going to be built on. They moved it to a different lot of land. And the governor of Georgia is in a a, uh, primary. Uh, Brian uh, Donald Trump is out to get him. He's probably going to win the primary, but this area of the state is a very Republican area. And a lot of the Republican voters there are very furious with him for supporting the deal. It seems like there should be a way to salvage the deal, but one way to salvage the deal is, is they need to look at another site other than the one they're looking at. Uh, and also, I don't know about Rivian's long-term prospects, but it is backed by Ford and T. Rowe Price and uh, numbers they want to challenge Tesla and around the country. As states rush to embrace battery tech and and electric vehicles and the like, Georgia wants to be at the forefront of it. But it's not just Georgia. There are other states out there as well that are trying desperately to get these sorts of things. And oftentimes uh, they're, they're moving so quick, they're catching their voters by surprise. And those voters aren't just any voters. They're voters who are also real property owners. Now, Morgan County, in that area, um, it's it's not an urban area. And a lot of the people who moved out of that area, they moved out there in large part because though it is not necessarily a an urban area, it is close in. And as a result of that, they can commute in. Um, Morgan County in Georgia, if you know where Athens is, that's the home of the University of Georgia, The interstate runs through Morgan County. Madison is always considered one of the nicest places in America to live. Small town, picture-perfect America. It's got a nice downtown. It's nice people. If I moved closer to the city, I would probably actually move to Morgan County into Madison. But there's a little neighborhood outside of Madison that I've been to called Buckhead. It's not Buckhead in Atlanta. For those of you who've been familiar with this movement of North Atlanta wanting to break away called Buckhead, there's actually a real Buckhead in Georgia, and it's out in Morgan County, and it's a tiny town. It's nice. I've been out there. There's a local Baptist church out there. They invited me. One of the things I want to do at some point is I want to do a whole hog roast. I want to invite friends over, and I want to stay up all night with friends, and I want to roast a hog and invite everybody over and have a, have a, a big deal good time of it. Stay up all night drinking bourbon and smoking hogs. Sounds like a good time. Now, we didn't stay up all night drinking bourbon while we were smoking this hog because it was at a Baptist church, and it wouldn't have gone over well. But it was a cool time. They were super nice people, but it's out in the middle of nowhere. And it runs along the northeast side of what becomes Lake Oconee, which is one of the biggest lakes in Georgia. And it's rural. did I mention that, off the interstate. They want to build this massive facility out there. And I think they probably need to make sure they know what they're doing. And in fairness, I do have to say that – there are a lot of people who support it as well and support the jobs. Uh, they're not the vocal ones. The unhappy people are always the most vocal, but it seems like there are more unhappy people than happy people by this coming in out there. And then shout-out to Boswick. Boswick is a small town. I would live in Boswick. I was actually I, – I I did the parade. I was the marshal for the parade there. They had a bunch of tractors, and it was gorgeous. My gosh, in the springtime, it's one of the prettiest places I've ever been. All the trees – got the wild dogwoods. All the trees out there. Boswick is fantastic. I love that place. If you're looking for a place in Georgia to move, consider Bostwick. It's gorgeous. But that gets me to what I wanted to talk about, these small towns in America. Many of them are small towns that are conservative. And many of these small conservative towns, they have something the media does not like. Do you know what it is? It's something the media really despises. It's like the worst thing in America are in small towns like Boswick and medium-sized towns like Madison. It's called a Trump voter. The media really hates those. There's a cover story in Politico magazine. It's a big story. I want to read you The headline and the subtitle. Here's the headline. Barbershop confrontations. Profane signs and despair. Pro-Biden and alone in rural America. And the subheading, rural Democrats suffer in silence, abandoned by a party that they fear has stopped fighting to win the place where they live. In the pandemic's darkest days, a man living across the street. It's like, like a movie trailer. In the pandemic's darkest days, a man living across the street from a Methodist church in a small town, raised a flag in front of his house, emblazoned with the words, F. Biden. So if it wasn't the letter, it was the word. I like Let's Go Brandon better. Means the same thing, drives the media just as crazy. Can I just say as an aside, I I am opposed to and I think it's a sign of a degraded and vulgar culture that so many people would do this. Uh whether it's it's F. Trump or F. Biden putting up signs, putting bumper stickers on the back of their cars. I, I don't think it's appropriate. I got kids. I, I don't think it's appropriate. And particularly if you're culturally conservative and you're a Trump voter, I don't think the gratuitous displays of profanity are a good thing for you or for culture. The coarsening of culture is a bad thing. You can say I'm old-fashioned, that's fine, but you know deep down I'm right. Neighbors were so repulsed by this sign by the Methodist Church they brought it up with church leadership. A resident complained about the profanity to the zoning commission, but never heard back. It wasn't just that the slur offended their sense of propriety. Some here felt a sense of betrayal too. The flag's owner lived in a home that once belonged to pillars of the church community. They were the man's late grandparents. And when they'd gotten sick, neighbors were called delivering them home cooked meals. One church member used the man urged the man to remove the flag. For months he refused. And his brusque demeanor frightened some people off. He eventually decided to take the flag down, only to replace it with another one, which still hangs outside the house. It reads, "Joe and the hoe, gotta go." <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have read that line before I read that line. <laughs> I find that more acceptable, at least. Joe and the Ho gotta go. <laughs> I didn't know Willie Brown lived there. (laughs) Gosh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I could. um. (sighs) We've never seen this before, says Joanne Fitzpatrick, a Democrat from Du Bois running through a tally in her head of anti-Biden signs that still cover her town and surrounding communities. I'm not a prude by any stretch, but it's offensive. We've just never seen this level of vulgarity after an election. And so long after the election at that in a civilized society, we just don't do that. All right. They live in small-town America, which is behaving like big urban America after Trump won. What's remarkable is no one wants to note that in the entire article, the coarsening of language and values and demeanor of small-town America. used to be so nice, now it's so mean and so partisan, and they all love Trump. And if you don't love Trump, you don't fit in. There was a story the other day about the villages in Florida. Where all the old people go get to get STDs. I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to say that on radio. I get angry hate mail because I, I actually have some listeners down there. I should apologize. But you all know that's the joke there. I mean, you got all these swinging swingin old people down in the villages. And it's deeply conservative. Very conservative. The Democrats don't like it. Y'all, ha- have you not lived in an urban area in this country? Where they treat Republicans like garbage. You wear a MAGA hat into a Starbucks, they throw you out. They despise conservatives. And the media never wants to run those stories. The media never cares that Democrats are mean to you. But by God, in small town America, if you hoist an F Biden flag when in urban areas across the country they have signs that say F Trump, well, this is not good. This is bad. Those Bigoted rural Republican whites. The poor whites are just so mean to the rich whites out there. Well, the rich whites have been doing it for quite a long time in their urban enclaves where they're deeply intolerant of anyone else. Can we get a clue here? I mean, the, the, this, this, both sides are doing it to each other. And that's what the story should be you have all of these people in, in their pink hats that are designed to represent a, a woman's female reproductive organ marching in the streets, urge, or yelling profanity about Trump. What did you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen? And now you're upset about it? Well, maybe you shouldn't have started it. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877 973 7425. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan Nationwide. They can help you if you're a small business, wanting to be a big business. You need a loan, banks are giving you a hard time. Reach out to First Liberty. We're talking really big deals though $750,000 and more. You want to buy a building, build a building, something really big. Go to FirstLiberty, FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. FirstLibertyGA.com is their website. All right, I want to talk to George. George, welcome Here. to The Eric Erickson Show. How are you, George?
1: Well, I'm good, I, I, and I'm happy to hear you uh, bring up the thing about the uh, climate change with, uh, with uh, Stephanopoulos and uh, Christy. Because that's been bugging me for a while. I, not, but mostly because the, the pundits, guys like you and vox you know, they don't they don't talk to the, to, the, to the common man sometimes. I mean, they use terms like gaslighting, and 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 I know they know what it means. And I know that there's legal issues about things, but still, yeah, if Republicans are going to have a chance, they got to get down and talk to people. You know, like like people talk to each other, the the voters, right? Then. You know, climate change. They need to start talking about climate change on the basis of look. This is something that might happen if it does at all, fifty to hundred years from now. And why are we worried about it today? I mean, I mean, the market is going to take care of it anyway. Look at what's happening with all the solar stuff. I mean, people are pouring money in, into solar and wind, and and there's all kinds of things being. Uh, there's a, some people got some kind of a scheme now to get hydrogen out of seawater and. And you know, I mean, stuff. That, the market's going to take care of, of climate change, and 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 you know, we ought to be saying as a Democrat. I mean, the Republicans ought to be saying this and telling people this, because the average guy he doesn't know that. Right. You know, all know, he knows is, well, climate change. It may it may get me. <laughs> right. I like this warm weather we just had. All, all, never had a never had winter this year in Atlanta. Yeah, you know, the days are booming. In my house now booming all winter.
0: Well, guess what? I mean, George, I, I just looked at the for- weather forecast, and winter's coming back. <laughs> well,
1: I know it'll be back a yeah. little bit. But, Southern, you know, it's, it's always going to be a uh, you know. There's always a cold day after the warm days in March. That's just the way it is. Right, but it won't last long. <laughs> right, you're right.
0: Look, I, look, I appreciate you calling in. Thank you very much for that. And, and yeah, I, I I think sometimes the the DC folks in particular they get so inside of DC they talk in their lingo. And they don't talk like ordinary people uh, who are sitting around the Waffle House having coffee because they don't know them. I mean, and, you know, it's hard sometimes. It's one reason like – so Brent Bozell at the Media Research Center one time told me, never, ever, ever move to Washington or New York. And I I took his advice as someone who knows what he's talking about, and I have always refused to do that. And I think, frankly, that it has helped – uh, to live in middle Georgia and not be surrounded by a bunch of people in those areas who are on my side uh, in, in those friend circles, but they're in, in, in speaking jargon and lingo and, and statutory analysis and things like that. It, it doesn't help move the needle with people who they're just trying to go fill up their car with gas to get to work and they can't afford it these days. And you're telling them about oil sands and, and regulations and the like, I, it doesn't work. The Republicans have a winning issue if they will talk about this to people and explain to them uh, just how bad the Democrats are on this issue right now because, people, it resonates. I'm here. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson. If you want to call in, I will allow you to call in. The phone number, should you wish to call in, is 877-973-7425. I, oh, this one, I know what I'm going to talk about. How do I engage you on this issue? See, I'll tell you, one of the things I like to do is not give you the partisan spin on stuff, but actually, like, analyze the news, provide you the information, you can make up your own mind. There's this conception, a misconception, about conservative news talk radio. That the host wants you to tell you what to think. I, I don't want to tell you what to think, but I want to give you the the information and analyze it for you so that you can can come up with your conclusion. And, and my gosh, though, the number of conspiracy theorists I've gotten in the last week or so who have looked at all the news and, and their only conclusion is that oh, Russia's blackmailing Biden or something like that. I, I I don't buy into that. Spare me your phone calls, but I will tell you this: I, I'm I'm looking at the news. Just in all honesty and candor, I'm looking at the news. I'm trying to put everything into a big picture, and I can't. And I think that explains the problem. Now, just just follow along with me here. I I, I don't I don't want to confuse you. There's not really a bounce in the polling for Biden because people view him these days as more incompetent than anything, and I'm starting to think that's the case. When you run a political campaign, this is something I know about. I used to run political campaigns. You sit down and you analyze the big picture. Who are your opponents going to be? Then you have to do an honest assessment. You think you're the guy and you're running, who do you think is the major competition? If you're in a, in a general election, it's, it's obvious who the competition is. It's the other party. If you're in a primary, though, you, you got to wade through the primary. Who do you think is the competition? Okay, now what are their positive attributes? What makes them better than you? And an honest person, in an honest world, We'll say, this candidate has these qualities that make them better than me. Now, what makes me better than them? And write those out. What makes him worse than me? What makes me worse than him? A picture of contrasts. And then you can paint a good contrast between you and that person, in order to win and, and try to neutralize their positives and play up your positives and highlight their negatives in a way that actually isn't you attacking them, but playing up your positives. And your your strategy then is to convince the voters that you're the better candidate. And then you deploy tactics and the tactics are the tools to carry out your strategy And my conclusion from doing that and explaining that to you is is when I look at what's going on right now, the Biden administration doesn't have a strategy. They're deploying a series of tactics with no overarching strategy to go along with the worldview. And just let, let me follow this out with you. They want Iran and Venezuela and Saudi Arabia to increase oil production to help us. They don't want us to help ourselves. They want us to be dependent on three regimes, none of which are very savory people, one of which should be an ally, but Joe Biden won't even meet with the guy because he doesn't like him. Two of them are hostile to us and hostile to our allies, and yet we want to make them rich instead of making ourselves rich. That makes no sense. In Southeast Asia, the Indians have been for a long time dependent on Russia for military equipment. But we've been building a strategic alliance with India. Now, why? You need to follow along here. India is a ginormous country of a massive amount of people, second most populous on a good day, the most populous nation on earth. And they have a land border dispute with China. They're a natural ally. But the Biden administration is considering sanctioning India because India uses Russian military equipment because we have not bothered to strike deals with India on their equipment. And so we're going to punish India because they're a natural ally that for years we've been trying to establish better relations with as Pakistan has gone to hell in a handbasket. Pakistan used to be an ally, but uh, the extremists have taken over, and India is a natural ally against the, the extremists in Pakistan and China. And yet the Biden administration wants to in some way impose sanctions on India for having so much Russian military equipment. While all of this is going on, the Biden administration wants to cut a deal with Iran. They're using China and Russia to help us. They're using China and Russia to help us, while also, at the same time, calling on China to condemn the Russians. But they're not going to. The Russians... Or the Chinese have doubled down, releasing a statement that uh, they, while they believe that this should be settled in some way differently than it is, they stand with Russia. The Chinese are not walking away from Russia. They do not believe it is in their interests to walk away from Russia. And yet we have Russia and China. Both of which are at odds with us, trying to help us get a nuclear agreement with Iran that benefits from Russia. Because remember, the Biden administration has sanctioned Russia, but not its energy exports. And one of the energy exports Russia is allowed to export is uranium to Iran. It doesn't make any sense. It's incoherent. And then we're seizing the assets of the oligarchs we're seizing the assets of the Russian oligarchs now the Russian oligarchs have built up their financial reserves in American dollars that actually that that matters and I need to go off on a tangent with you for just a moment before we come back to this I mean none of it makes sense to begin with so I might as well not make sense here just just but follow along with me. Hold, hold up. Keep the radio on. Our currency is the reserve currency of the world. Our currency is the most readily accepted on planet Earth. You can take American dollars anywhere on planet Earth, and you can do a swap with a local currency, and you can get your value. Ours is the reserve currency. Countries around the world hold American dollars in reserve because they know that with the full faith and credit clause of the American Constitution, the United States will always honor its money and it will always have sound value anywhere in the world. So the Russian oligarchs have put a lot of their money in American dollars and the Biden administration has seized the money from the Russian oligarchs. They've frozen their accounts. And they've done that to so many people of so many billions of dollars, they're going to convert to Chinese money. And the American government is splitting the world between us and them when we've always been the reserve currency for everyone, including the Chinese for that matter. Even the Chinese are to a large degree dependent on American cash reserves, and we are now incentivizing half the world— Dropping the American currency is the reserve currency, and that actually has a detrimental effect on us because it makes it harder to trade American currency overall, which makes the exchange rate blow up, which makes it uh, more costly, And, and that cost is passed on to you and me. The American reserve currency has actually benefited Americans in terms of lower prices globally because our currency is so readily exchangeable, and now the Biden administration risks blowing that up. And then there are the Trump sanctions. Donald Trump imposed sanctions on Russia, including on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Biden came in and immediately got rid of them. And now he's put them back. For credit? I don't know. But it totally, totally, totally ignores the fact that Donald Trump was actually harsher on the Russians than Barack Obama was and imposed more sanctions and evicted more spies and diplomats than Barack Obama ever did. Then there's the failure to act early. I mean, if you take Joe Biden at his word, we've known this was coming since October of last year. We've known Putin was up to something and was going to invade Ukraine in October of last year. And what did Joe Biden do? Stopped the Trump administration's supply of arms to Ukraine. Stopped them. Stopped them. We failed to arm them. And now it turns out, according to The New York Times, the Trump administration, Defense Department, had been training the Ukrainian army. Special forces had been training. And Joe Biden's team had to go back in in the weeks before the invasion and re-up the training. They pulled it out. They stopped it. Now they had to rush back in and try to help them. And then in the process of imposing sanctions— gave the Europeans a veto on our sanctions. We could have booted Russia from the SWIFT banking system immediately, and we didn't. We gave the Europeans a veto on it. None of it makes sense. There are only two conclusions that I can draw from looking at the, at the pattern. Either they really do not have a coherent strategy, or they really are helping put China in the more dominant position. And maybe that's what it is. There are a number of people in the Biden administration who have close ties to China. If they presume the Chinese rise is inevitable, maybe they're they're helping with the glide path. That one actually, though, believe it or not, that one seems too easy to me. That one seems too easy. I don't think this is a matter of Occam's razor I actually think it's not about China. I actually think the Biden administration thinks that it's doing something smart and sound, not by helping China, but that it's doing something smart and sound in its navigation of world affairs. But it's actually deeply incoherent. I actually think it is the foreign policy of a man who has cognitive decline. Who is surrounded by a bunch of progressives who believe that American power is not actually a good thing. And so they don't have a strategy. They don't have a worldview other than America bad. They don't have a strategy to exercise American power abroad because they are hesitant to use American power abroad. So what they're doing is a series of tactics without a comprehensive strategy. So we're getting ping pongs back and forth. Russia's bad, but let's rely on the Russians to help us with Iran, which is bad, but let's give them nuclear power, which is bad, but we'll, we'll uh, build an alliance with India to contain it, except we won't because we're going to punish them, which is bad. And ping pong, ping pong, it makes no sense. An administration led by a president with cognitive decline, this is what that would look like. And that's actually my conclusion. It's not to help China. It's not because Biden is, is on the take. It's not some grand conspiracy of blackmail. It's that the man has cognitive decline. And ultimately, at the end of the day, he still sets the agenda in this White House. You talk to anybody behind the scenes. They say, yeah, yeah, Ron Klain caused a lot of the shots. But ultimately, it's still Biden. For better or worse, it's still a man who is 80 years old in cognitive decline. The Biden of today is not the Biden of four years ago. That's the only thing that ultimately makes sense. The only thing that makes sense is that none of it makes sense because it's a president in cognitive decline. And we are reaping what the voters, 80 million of them sowed. And it's bad for all of us. Y'all, I, I've tried to find some coherency to it. I've tried. I've tried. I've tried to just give you the analysis. These are the things that go on. But my analysis leads me to believe there is no coherency to the Biden administration's strategy. And we're all worse off because of it. And the voters, I think, perceive that to be true, which is why his polling isn't recovering despite a rally around the flag moment over Ukraine. Now, I want you guys to rally over Eden Pure, which is a fantastic air purifier for your home. Uh, they've, they're portable. Now, listen, they're not a whole-house air purifier, but you can get three of them, one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement or your car or your RV. You can get $200 off. You can save More than $200, you get them for less than $200, all three of them, by going to EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. The EdenPure Thunderstorm, it eliminates odors, it doesn't mask odors, but more importantly, it also cleans up the air, it gets rid of the mildew, the mold, the bacteria, the pollen. You don't have to get a filter subscription, you just wipe it out on occasion. You can hold it in your hand, it's deeply portable, you can take it with you. You get rid of smoky odors in your car, your musty odors in your hotel room, or smoky odors there as well. It works. EdenPureDeals.com is the website. The discount code is ERIC3. You get three of them for less than $200. You're saving $200. You're getting free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, discount code ERIC3. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. We need a nationwide alert. Listen, uh, first of all, uh, we got people on the phones. They're waiting. I don't have a ton of time here. Want to do justice to your calls, so be patient. After the next break, I'll take your phone calls. But right now, we must do a public service message. This is important. There is someone out there missing in America today who has loved ones who may not know where he is, who have people who Are ardent and committed fans of his. And they haven't seen him for some time. And I I just I I don't I I feel like we need a nationwide manhunt because he's elderly. We're we're not sure of his, his state of mind. We don't know where he is. No, I'm not talking about Joe Biden. No, this is serious. This is serious and, and so I need everyone uh, to just be mindful of the fact and keep your eyes out across America. We might need an Amber Alert or something for Dr. Fauci. He, he has not been seen in quite some time. And I, I just, I don't know where Dr. Fauci is and I just, he's an elderly man, he's like in his 80s. And he could be out there wandering the streets of America by himself and, and be in a, a, in a state of reflection and not where. I mean, where is the guy? He's been on TV everywhere and suddenly not. I mean, the pandemic is officially over. So the Babylon Bee run a story that um, the the Russians are getting the Nobel Prize of Medicine for ending the COVID pandemic by invading Ukraine. It's fascinating how that story went away, and it had so much to do with the polling. Now, listen, I know there are people out there saying, no, actually, it was because the Omicron variant and the decline was so rapid, and, and so the, that's why it, is. it has nothing to do with politics. No, it came not after the rapid decline of COVID, which was already happening. It came after internal polling for the Democrats, including for the President of the United States, said, take a win, move on, and stop talking about COVID. Everybody's ready to be over it. That means they didn't they didn't follow the science, they followed the political science. And Dr. Fauci has now his fifteen minutes are up and he's had to go back to work, I guess, because he's nowhere to be seen. And he can't be on TV. This came after Dr. Fauci suggested masks may still be necessary, which directly contradicted the Democrats' polling. And now he's disappeared. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Yeah, things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. you got the economy. you got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher.